We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van All right, here we go, my friends. Welcome back to another one here on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet, and what a week. I mean, what a week in terms of numbers here. We just hit 350,000 subscribers on the main YouTube channel. That exact same day, we also hit 275,000 subscribers on the CVV Clips channel. So, I mean, that was crazy. Both of those together, 625,000 subscribers combined. And then we also hit half a billion views. Yeah, billion with a B, half a billion views, 500 million views with both channels combined. So I say it a lot, but it bears repeating. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for always being on this ride with me. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this that you're already subscribed on YouTube. But if not, for whatever reason, please take a second to click subscribe and also click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this right now. We've got so many big guests coming up. We've got a guest next week that says, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's going to be real good. Speaking of milestones. We're closing in on episode number 500. This one here with Mark Henry is episode 484. So good to have him back on the show. And it was three years ago when we had him on the show. And things were things were pretty different in his world when we recorded that one. Things were pretty different, I guess, in the world in general three years ago. But he's with AEW now. You see him every Friday on Rampage. It's time for the main event. And we talk about his transition from WWE and his Hall of Fame career there to what he's doing now in AEW. And I'm not sure how many people know this, but he has scouted so many big name talent. We talk about that. Bianca Belair, Jade Cargill, Braun Strowman. It's just, he's, he seriously has an eye for talent. So it's going to be very interesting with his role in AEW and what other talent that he scouts for them. Of course, we talk about some of his career highlights like sexual chocolate, Mae Young giving birth to the hand, the Hall of Pain gimmick, the salmon colored jacket, the fake retirement speech, all of it. So take a screenshot, share this with someone who you know is going to like this, and tag us. He's at the Mark Henry. I am at Chris Van Vliet. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the world's strongest interview with the world's strongest man. Mark Henry. Mark, so good to see you. Welcome back on the show. I appreciate it, man. It's been a while. 
It has. It's been a while. Like it was three like you, years ago. You're big time famous now. I've tried to be as famous as you. I don't even know how I got you. on this show. Get out of here. I'm trying to be as famous as you. Come on. I love that your Zoom name is Mr. Strongman. This is amazing. You know, I'm full of myself. <laughs> Speaking of that, your name always comes up because I did this interview with the big show six, seven years ago. You probably know the one I'm talking about. I asked him, who's the strongest person you've been in the ring with? He cuts me off. He immediately says, John Cena and not Mark Henry. And I, and I gave him the business about it, too. <laughs> How are you gonna say John Cena is stronger than me because he's 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 more over than me? But um, if it came to strength for strength, like there's nobody else on the planet that compares to the things that I've done. Do you think when it comes down to it, you're the strongest wrestler pound for pound that has ever existed? Oh, there's no doubt about wrestling. Like I'm when I'm when I'm talking about strongest, I mean on the history of of recorded, documented proof of what people have done on Earth. Uh, they got cartoons, the Earth Mightiest Heroes. I'm Earth Mightiest Hero, <laughs> and I'm, it's not bragging when it's true. I'm just recording the news. I know, and I feel like your you son is. Facts. Like I'm giving you facts. Your, your son is following these footsteps. I mean, if anybody's seen photos of your son, who's he's 16, right? He's 17 now. Okay, so he just turned 17. Jacob Henry, he's like a mini world's strongest man. <laughs> he, he's on the way, man. Um, he'll, he'll squat 700 pounds this summer. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and he's, he's, he's about a 650 deadlift right now. If we can get him uh, 700 deadlift by next year and uh, uh, a plus 400 bench, like he'll be the high, strongest high school in the country. That's insane. So what's is his real passion football or is it powerlifting? Football. Okay. Like we're, we're doing a lot of football camps. He's going to Kansas State today or is in Kansas State today in Manhattan, Kansas. So uh I'll be checking in with him later to make sure he's smashing people. <laughs> so who knows, you know, he may end up uh, in the NFL. Maybe after that, we see him as a pro wrestler. Well, he that's, he that's his dream is to be a pro wrestler. Uh, he wants to, you know, graduate and, and get a degree in broadcast journalism. Mm. Um, and he wants to, if he, if it's possible... I know it's like lightning striking to play in the NFL. Uh, he said, if I could just play one play and say I made it, I did it. And uh, if I'm good enough and I'm able to be blessed to not have injuries and to be able to play in the NFL for a long time, it'd be great. But he said that by 28, he said, I'm done regardless because I'm, I'm going to go into pro wrestling. How does dad feel about him being a pro wrestler? I'm fine with it. I, I mean, right now, he could come into wrestling right now and be good because of his his aptitude, yeah. his understanding. And I'm his dad. So, like, we talk wrestling like I talk wrestling to uh, the fan base on Busted Open. And, you know, we have a, sh uh, a podcast version of our show on Sunday called The Master's Class. And we talk about all things wrestling. and. It's specific to wrestlers. If fans 
tune in and they listen, they're going to get the same understanding that we would give John Cena if he asked me a question. Mm. Of course, John Cena is a brilliant guy and understands the gravity of what pro wrestling is, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a psychological and psychology-driven standpoint. So I don't have to teach him. He He's a teacher. Um, but there's a lot of people that they get the same training. What do you think is something that's maybe missing from people who are breaking into the business now versus when you broke into the 90s? Um, I think that the respect for the veterans teaching you mm. is expected now because it's corporate and the people are employed to do those jobs. But at the end of the day, you should be appreciative that uh, a Jerry Lynn, a, a Dustin Rhodes, uh, a Jamie Noble comes up to you and says, hey, man, if you fix this, you're going to be great. And don't be afraid to ask me a question. I know you don't know it all because I don't know it all. But I've had some experience mm. and I want to put that into you. And th those are gifts. Those are jewels that uh, it's hard to be able to put it, to quantify it, to, to monetize it. Because your success is dependent on you being able to make people care and feel and that has to be taught mm. so so much has changed since we last talked it was three years ago like the world was just starting to shut down you were still like i guess finishing up with wwe at that time did you have any idea that things were going to come to an end with wwe at that time i mean all things come to an end but i did not think that they would not hire me uh, being that I knew the things that I knew. Yeah. And sometimes I guess that could be a bad thing. People don't want to know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> yeah. But from a, from a business standpoint, I wanted a position in the office because I didn't want to wrestle anymore. Um, and they wouldn't hire me because I didn't have experience and, uh, you know, like on the corporate side or the business side or the executive side or whatever, however you want to phrase it, uh, in a position where you're telling people what to do. Uh, right. I, I, I was not, um, given that opportunity, but when it comes to storytelling and getting wrestlers ready to go, like I could do that, like as good as anybody that's doing it. Um, the difference between me and everybody else is I could also work the room. You know, whenever there was upfront events, corporate outings, uh, things of that magnitude, they always sent me because they knew one, I was going to put on a good face for the company. I was well respected uh, for my career. But what people didn't know is, uh, God gave me um, vision and a sense of discernment. And I can see where a wrestler can make it or not. And there's people that are not even in the wrestling business 
that I see them and I go, wow, they would be a great wrestler. And I and 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 I've done it. I've gone to people, Jay Cargill, who was the women's champion, Bianca Belair, uh, headline WrestleMania and was world champion. Braun Strowman uh, was a strong man, and I said, "Bro, you you should be wrestling." And he came in seventh at the nationals, and I said, "The guys in front of you, that's." first, second, and third, all are going to be in the top five for the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you miraculously grow and get stronger, uh, you're going to be middle of the road here. You could be a big fish in pro wrestling. And it took him two years to say, you know what? Hey, can you still get me into wrestling? And I said, hell yeah, let's go. And, you know, he became a world champion and is, um, making millions of dollars. Like that was not a possibility without me. Mm. And not that I'm saying, Oh, look at me. It, I'm saying, look at my ability to recognize talent is what I'm saying. And mm. the same thing with, with Baron Corbin and, um, you know, short story, you know, once you get me talking, brother, I, it's hard to stop. Me. I love it. Um, <laughs> Apollo Cruz and Rich Swan were in Japan as a tag team. And I saw them in Japan and I said, man, like they bigger than this. And I went to Vince and I said, Hey man, like I saw these two guys in Japan. They crazy, man. Like they doing stuff that our, our cruiserweights are not doing. And he said, well, what do you mean? I was like, they're, they're bigger. They're more muscle. They're extremely talented and they're, they're doing moves that I haven't seen our guys do. And he said, well, can you get them to come in? And I was like, yeah, I, I got them flights with my money. With mine. Wow. And found out, reached out and found out that their contracts were up and that they were going to come back to the States and they didn't know what was next. I was what was next. And Apollo Cruz has been multiple-time champion uh, over there, Rich Swan was champion, cruiserweight champion there. And I think the impact 24 world champion. seven champion before he left and went to TNA and he became a champion over there. Yeah. World, world champion, impact world champion, impact world champion. So like that, when I see people, I, I just know what I know. And I, we could teach you how to wrestle. I don't teach how to wrestle. They got coaches that do that and agents that do that and, and, and guys all over that have wrestling schools. I don't teach you how I teach you why mm. teach you when to do it, where to put it. And those are the things that, that make you great. You can be good, but I'm going to make you great. So when you realized you weren't going to, continue in wwe did you reach out to some of your friends in AEW and say hey how's it what's it like working there no i didn't reach out to no talent like you know i i i I talked to tony khan and you know tony is a was a big fan of wrestling and we talked and he was he asked me you know why was i not wrestling i said man i I don't i don't want to wrestle no more i'm old and he laughed and I was like, I want to be more on the executive side. I want to be able to help 
build the business. And he said, man, don't tease me. And mm. I said, tease you how? I was, he was like, you, you, you would come to AEW? And I was like, hell yeah, I'd come to AEW. If you hire me on the executive side and I get the help uh, with talent. And he was like, man, I'm going to have my legal call you today. That's how it happened in one day. Wow. Man. And so, it was not like I knew that I was going to talk to Tony Khan. Who, who, who knows you're going to run into a billionaire wrestling company owner? I, I didn't know that. You just ran next, into him. You the next you day call I called him or text him. You, you, you ran into him somewhere? Well, we, we just we talked on the phone because he came on uh, Busted, Busted Open. Wow. And then we talked and exchanged information. And then we uh, we spoke uh, uh, probably a couple of weeks later from when I talked to him on on Sirius XM, and um, then after that conversation with me and him, um, I started the brain trip. I told Vince, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna call you man to man and tell you what's going on. I'm 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 going to take a job on the executive side." You know, I tried. You told me the channels to go through and your people wouldn't hire me. Lack of experience. And now I have all the experience in the world. I understand things that I didn't understand when I first got to AEW. Mm. And I love it over there. Uh, there's some things that can that can be better. But that's everywhere. Like people that think that everything's supposed to be perfect. Um, they're living in a, a dreamland. They've been delusional. So we see you on Rampage. You've got a new catchphrase, which is amazing. You know, it's time. It's time for the main event. It's so good. I what had is no it? clue. Is all announcing was not even a thing that I thought about. Hmm. Never thought of it. N- never had the opportunity. That was something that I, for twenty four years, I never did. And I love it. I think it's fun. Uh, it's challenging at times, trying to make sure you get everybody's names correct with the correct pronunciation um, and that kind of thing. But for the most part, man, it's it's all new and I love it. It's challenging. I like take, a challenge. Take us behind the curtain. I'm just curious from like a broadcasting standpoint, because you guys are in what they call triple boxes. You, you're each in a different box on the on the screen with three different cameras. How close are you to the talent that you're talking to? I'm just curious. So, sometimes you you can be in the same room. Sometimes you're in different rooms. Hmm. So that's what we see your job on TV. It's time. It's so good. Great catchphrase. What's everything you're doing behind the scenes in AEW? You know what, man? I I, I do a lot of the psychology. I teach. Um, you know, I'm considered a coach, but I don't. I don't do the matches, you know, I don't produce the matches that you see on TV. I go to each individual guy and I talk to them about their personas. I talk to them about their character and, Hey man, I think if you change this, can you try to do this differently? And, you know, so we, we, we go back and forth and there's some people that, um, that listen better than others and you can see the development of those people. Um, I love working with Orange Cass. I love talking to him. Uh, he's a sponge. He's smart as hell. Um, and he wants to be great. And I like passion. I like people that's like, man, 
they got me on fifth. Um, it's gonna suck for everybody that go on after me. <laughs> I'm like, shit, let's go. I love it. I love the people like that, man. Orange Cassidy like that, man. Uh, Will Hobbs, man. Golly. Yeah. There's lots more to get into, but first I want to say a big welcome to our new sponsor, Blue Chew. Yeah, we are on board with Blue Chew, guys, and they are hooking you up in a big way. Your first month is free when you use the promo code CVV at checkout. You just have to pay $5 for shipping. Yeah, your first month for free. Just use the promo code CVV and pay $5 for shipping. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but it's in chewable tablets and it's a fraction of the cost. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, my friends. The best part about it is all of this is done online. So there's no visit to the doctor's office. There's no awkward conversations. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Just go to bluechew.com, get set up there. And of course, don't forget to use that code CVV at checkout to get your first month for free. Just pay $5 for shipping. Yeah, your first month for free. What a great way to kick this off with Blue Chew. So if you've ever been thinking about becoming a member at bluechew.com, do it now with that code CVV to get your first month for free and just pay $5 for shipping. You see a little he, bit of yourself in Will Hobbs? Yeah, he he he, he my road son. Uh, he he calls me dad because like I I tell him like I would tell Jacob, like don't do that. That's that's not going to help you. And and I talked to him a little bit more stern than others because of the relationship that we had, and we had that relationship before I came to AEW. Like there was. No, before I met Tony Khan, before I spoke to Tony Khan, I knew Will Hobbs because he reached out to me on social media and said, hey, I love the way that you presented yourself. Like, can you tell me how you did that? Mm. He did that. He reached out to me. I didn't have to reach out to him. You also and, didn't have to respond to him, though. Well, I responded. And I started like kind of grooming him, like telling him what to do and, you know, what works in this situation. And, um, he listens, bro. Like you could tell him one time. And some people, yeah, they say, Hey, man, I, I suggested this. Why you didn't try it tonight? I watched and they, yeah. oh man, you know, time got away from me. I, I, I did. Everybody have an excuse. Will don't have no excuses. You tell him to do something and he does it. And um I'm I'm very proud of his success. Like I feel like uh like a proud dad does. Like you see your kid crawl and take their first steps or uh or be able to the you know, like you're a dad and, and you see the kids they have the little the little box and then you put the triangle in the square with the, the, the with the triangle, you put the square in the square and the circle in the circle. I remember the first time I saw my son do that, I cried. Because I'm about, I I'm about to cry right now. My daughter is 11 days old as we sit here right now. Bro, there's stuff that's going to happen to you that's going to break you down. You're going to see your kid do stuff and you're going to go, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Mm. Like, and in pro wrestling, 
there are people that come into the business and they're like children. They're like babies. And then in, within a year, they, they I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference. In a year, they're like graduating college. Yeah. And that's how fast wrestling is. Yeah. You can, you can go from knowing nothing, absolutely nothing, one day to in a year or two. The biggest example I ever saw was Kurt Angle. Mm. I saw Kurt Angle sign with WWF and do dark matches every night for a year. I remember you telling me you were at the Olympics with Kurt Angle, so you knew him well before that. Yeah, and I, I told him, I was like, man, you, you need, I, I'm, I'm sponsored by them. Like, you should, you should come wrestle because Kurt was funny. Yeah. And I was thinking from him being comedic and, and, and I'll be damned if the toughest guy on the planet ended up being the funniest guy. He, he, him and I mean, arguably Kurt was probably the best comedian in wrestling for about a five or six year stretch and one of the top wrestlers yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Never been done before. Yeah. You never, never had a, sense. you never had a gimmick where a guy was aloof and sometimes a little vague be the top five wrestler wrestling the undertaker and triple h and yeah you yeah. know like the elite of the elite never happened before never in wrestling yeah happened before we just lost the iron sheet the iron sheet was kind of that way he was like you laughed at stuff he said and did, but he, I don't think people know really, truly, especially the young people today. They don't know who the Iron Sheik. They just see the Instagram and Howard Stern and all of that. But before Sheik was a wrestler, a pro wrestler, he was a personal bodyguard for the Shah of Iran. Hmm. You ever seen those John Wick movies? Yeah. That's who he was. Damn. Those guys are not allowed to carry weapons because they are a weapon. The, the, you go in certain places and you can't carry weapons. So what do you do to protect yourself if you're the king? You hire the best guy in the world. I'm talking about these guys doing a thousand push-ups a day, a thousand mm -hmm. squats. A thousand jumps. Their bodies are like when when the Sheik first came to America. Um, that guy looked like you could see every vein and muscle in his body. Mm. And if he wanted to snap your neck, he could snap your neck. He he was not joking when he made cut those from. I break your back. I turn your neck. I make you. I make you humble. I make you humble. Yeah. Like he could do it if he wanted to. It just was no reason to do that. And so, like, I, I love the history of wrestling. And the Sheik was a descendant in training of a guy named the Mighty Gama. And, you know, you Google the Mighty Gama is a, a bunch of stuff, but they, there were, there were training, um, um, days for him that lasted six hours. That's the kind of shape this dude was in. Damn. I'm talking about 10 mile runs, five mile swims, 
lifting weights with the clubs. You, you see the sheep do the clubs. Yeah, yeah. Like all of these different in, implements and 1,500 squats. Come on, man. man. Like that, those people were different. They were designed to be a weapon. And um, we were blessed to see uh, the Iron Sheik be a professional wrestler and um, and a world champion, man, like a, a icon. But he was also comedic and had great presence and, and sense of humor. And um, him and Kurt Angle, uh, you could put both of those guys right there together to me. As we sit here right now, we're a few months away from AEW's biggest show of all time, Wembley Stadium, 65,000, maybe 70,000 plus. What's the buzz like right now backstage about that show? People are excited, man. The the I remember when we had the first show at Arthur Ashe, 22,000. It was electric. You could feel electricity. And when when the whole crowd yells, your clothes vibrate. Imagine what it's going to be like with 70 plus thousand. <laughs> you, you will not be able to hear somebody one foot away from you. Mm. Like it's so that the, the thought of that is driving people to do better because they one want to be on that show for the experience and for the money, mm. because it's going to be a big payday for everybody involved. What do you think this show does for AEW moving forward? Because, I, I mean, this is a massive stadium. Uh, I, I also think that Vince is going to look at this and go, oh, maybe we should run WrestleMania in London at some point. But what do you think this does for AEW? Um, it puts AEW on the worldwide map, map of not just pro wrestling, but international and Hollywood media. Hmm. This is the, this is going to be the biggest thing media wise. No, everybody's going to be talking about it because you want to get the best English version of Hollywood actors and musicians and dignitaries to come. You want representation from America in Hollywood. You want representation from the athletes. Tony Khan is, I'm guaranteed that there'll be NFL presence there because he owns the NFL team. Like the media is, is mass media. It's not going to be just, um, pro wrestling entertainment. I mean, they should have a red carpet with TMZ and entertainment tonight and all of those. Every show that does world news, like they should have representation there covering that. And that's what it's going to do. It's going to show the world that there's somebody else out there other than WWE. Yeah, WWE's only done WrestleMania outside of the U.S. twice, both in my hometown, Toronto. Do you think Vince McMahon looks at this and goes, oh, wow, they got 70,000? We need to run WrestleMania there. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's low hanging fruit. Like, um, they just had an article where they 
uh, where the company said that they, they were looking forward to doing more stuff like they did in Puerto Rico. Mm. And the crowd in Puerto Rico and at the show that they had down there was was unbelievable. Yeah. And I've been saying for years that, you know, pro wrestling needs to go abroad more. Um, you know, you got Cape Town and Sydney and Melbourne that, you know, Germany would. I mean, can you imagine a show from some of the big stadiums and uh, arenas around the world getting pro wrestling at the highest level on? Uh, every company, AEW, WWE, New Japan. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that a lot of the companies dream big enough. Yeah, yeah. As we sit here right now, do you know what your last in-ring match was? Oh, my God. I, I think that uh, I had a match with Braun Strowman, I think, and I had a match in Saudi Arabia with a sumo guy that I didn't know his name. And I'm like, why am I wrestling the sumo guy? And that's what they wanted. They wanted a sumo wrestler and he just ended up getting me. I think they wanted Yokozuna. If, if you believe the stories, I heard, I heard the story, but I didn't believe that. And I was hoping that that was not the truth because it was just so outlandish. But, um, nonetheless, if if the king likes sumo wrestlers and wanted to see a sumo wrestler wrestle, he got it. If king the, is what he wants. If the internet is correct, your last in-ring performance was in the Greatest Royal Rumble, the one that Braun Strowman won. Right. Do you wish you had like a final like retirement match? You know what? I've thought about it. And every time I think about it, I think, who? Hmm. Who who would be the person? And I guess you could you could put up a poll someday and say who would you like to see Mark Henry have his last match against? Would you have better one? do it fast because uh, every day I wake up I'm thinking ah, might have to just go and put that to bed. Would you have one more? Would you have one more in AEW? I, you know what? I have to think about it and I have to start training and see how my body feels. Mm. I haven't took a bump in years. I think that like, if you think I'd about it. I'd be open it, though. Yeah, I mean. The conversation. Yeah. If you think about some of your biggest feuds, I mean, would it be Ray? Would, it, would that match make sense? Wow. I had some great ones with Ray. Yeah. Man. To go back in time and feel like that. Wow. That was, woo. That's exciting. I like that. Is is he your biggest rival? Uh, I think Undertaker and Ray would be right there. Um, Kurt Angle would be right there. Um, Randy Orton. Uh, man, it's a who's who. I, I wrestled everybody. I'm, I'm, I feel real honored to be able to say I was in the ring with um, at least seven uh, of the, maybe six or seven of the top ten of all time. I didn't get to touch Hogan. I didn't get to touch um, Andre the Giant. But, like, 
two of the people in my Mount Rushmore, The Undertaker and Ric Flair, I, I was able to touch them. Mm. And, you know, then you get to the Triple H's and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart's and, you know, um, you know, Kurt Angles and people like, man, I, I, the, I had a really, really blessed career. 100%. So if those are two of the names on your Mount Rushmore, I'm just curious, who are the other two? Oh, An- Andre and, and Hogan on okay. my Mount Rushmore. So and it's Taker and Flair. Andre Hogan, Taker, Flair. That's, that's pretty great Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and it, it hurts, man, to not put Steve Austin in there. You know, because um, if you factor in money and longevity and just the overall um, juggernaut that Steve was, I saw at least five or six times in my life, just not, not touring with wrestling, just touring randomly around the world. Somebody walking with a Steve Austin shirt on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you yeah. walking in, 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 in Trinidad and you see a dude with a Steve Austin shirt on, or you, you're on vacation in, in Hawaii and you see a Steve Austin. Like he was, man, he was so big. And, uh, to be number five on my, on my top 10, like that, that's huge. Yeah, you can I mean, make a real argument that WWE might not have won the Monday Night Wars if it wasn't for Stone Cold and specifically believe, the program with Vince. I believe that. I believe that Steve was the was the henchman. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing career. And then like what happened with Austin ended up, you know, kind of springboarding the Rock success. And I mean, you you know the Rock very well. Yeah. And and I'm I'm very proud of Dwayne. Like, um, I just did a golf tournament in Houston this past weekend, and um, him owning the XFL. One of the sponsors for the XFL uh, was his drink, his energy drink, no sugar, and like really good too. Like. You know, I, 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 during that weekend, I drank two of them and both flavors that I tried were like tremendous. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sitting here doing a commercial for the energy drink, but I'm just saying like, I'm proud of the fact that he is a entrepreneur and that he did stuff that was outside of wrestling, like him going to Hollywood. I'm proud of all of those guys, Dave Bautista and John Cena, like, you know, they, they, they're making, um, you know, Hogan and Roddy Piper proud, uh, for being able to go to Hollywood and be able to do the things that they've done. Yeah. Between the energy drink, Zoa, between the Terramana, which is the tequila. I, I don't drink XFL. alcohol. I did drink the Terramana on, on air on Sirius XM. You might, you got to find a clip because I haven't been drunk in probably. Fifteen years. How much like Terramana did you drink, Mark? Oh man, I had to drink at least a quart. <laughs> I drank like five during the show. And look, you're a big dude. I would imagine it. it you know, it's not easy to get you drunk. 
so embarrassing, so embarrassing. Uh, Apollo Crews uh, was a guest on the show and came on and we spoke. And apparently I went into Mark Henry coach mode and started telling him what he needed to do, what I thought would be good for him. And I think I cussed. And I'm just like, oh, shit. But uh, you know what? Uh, we chalk it up as don't. Mark Henry is not a drinker. Like, uh, you know, The Rock should be proud. He 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 was a bad influence, and he, he might have sold some Terramana. I think if uh, The Rock sees this, you're going to get a case of Terramana sent to your house. <laughs> Please don't. Thank you, but no thank you. Send me some Zoa. We talked last time about the retirement speech and the swerve there and how good that was. And it got me thinking, like, when you have a retirement speech that's that good, that believable, that tricks everybody, does it kind of set the bar, like, too high now for, like, when you actually retire? Because people are going to go, nah, I don't believe in this time. My my retirement was my retirement. I just, I just put a little sass on it. Um, I said everything that I really wanted to say in my retirement. And then when I went in the Hall of Fame, I followed it up with um, a Hall of Fame speech that was historical. Um, I said what I meant and I meant what I said. Mm. And I thanked the people that I needed to thank. And that was more important to me than... um them handing me a ring and saying, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, even though Vince didn't hire me, like, I really appreciate the, the, the lessons that he taught me because he talked to me not just as a talent. He talked to me as, as um, he would say family, hmm. but I would say a really good friend. Hmm. And um, we all have our ups and downs. And I have mine. Man, I hate messing up. But I do. I'm not Jesus. And Vince has had his issues. Hmm. But you can't condemn somebody for uh, falling short of glory and grace. You should give glory and grace when you see the people get up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mark, the salmon colored jacket is so iconic. Why did it have to be that jacket? Because I, I was feeling salmon that day. That's it? Like, um, I, I saw that jacket and I was like, that is my retirement jacket. There was there was blues and and greens and different colors, but that one, like, that's that's the one. It chose me when I saw it. I was like, Chef's kiss. That's where's it. that jacket now? Uh, it's being shipped to me. Uh, I put it on loan with WWE so they can do the exhibits at WrestleMania and there are different things. But now it's coming back to me. I'm gonna set up my own exhibit it's so interesting because if that had been a navy blazer or a black blazer or a white blazer no one would ever talk about it and the people that i know that are close to me they call it the lion ass jacket (laughs) (laughs) because all i did was lie like a rug Uh, it's funny to me that the jacket has its own persona. That's, it's, that's awesome. WrestleMania 22. I want to take you back to that match with the undertaker, that casket match. Did they have to specially design a casket that could fit either you or the undertaker? Yeah, because of how tall he was and how wide I was, was the biggest damn casket you ever seen. (laughs) Not very comfortable. Do you remember what the dimensions are on that casket? I don't. I don't. But it was probably um, uh, a f- a foot wider than my shoulders. So back then, I was 400-something pounds. And, um, you know, I was 62 a- in diameter around me. So, like, when I... I, I like around a six- your chest? A 62 jacket. And um, so, I mean, it had to be at least 84 maybe to be comfortable in there. Uh, and it, um, when I say comfortable, there's no such thing as comfortable in a coffin. Um, it, I don't know if you're claustrophobic or not, but I am. And just to be in there for how long I was in there was really rough. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time that uh, the greatest and the worst moment in my career happened the same night. Having a, uh, a co-main event at WrestleMania with The Undertaker and being put in a coffin and having to be in there for like 16 minutes. Man, to like, put things in perspective, 64 inches is like almost five and a half feet. It's crazy. What do you do? We're, you know what your big people? Do you know what your circumference is now? Oh, I have no clue. But I, I, I wear, a, I wear a fifty-four jacket now. Oh, that's you've slimmed down a lot, then. Yeah, I lost a hundred pounds. Wow, 
What do you weigh these days? I'm 330. <laughs> I was 4.30 back then. What was the very heaviest that you ever weighed? Like close to close to 440, like 337 or something. Man. Or 437. Jeez. It was ridiculous. It was that was it was too big. I see the pictures and I could recognize the time. Mm. And I'm like, ah oh, God, how did I let myself get that big? Mm. But I know how I was when I was competing for strongman. Um, and trying to be strong still, I was eating close to 10,000 calories a day. And you, when you stop, you have to stop eating like that too. I didn't. I kept eating like I was going to be in a world food eating contest. And, and I wasn't, and I wasn't burning off and I wasn't even going to use that much protein. Like my body was just like storing it as fat. Mm. The spark of the Hall of Pain character, 2011, was when you went out to the ring. Sinkara was supposed to come out and join you for a match. And he, you know, he wasn't there. It was a rib. It was a prank. At what point during you standing in the ring, looking very angry, by the way, at what point did you realize he's not coming out? They ribbed me. When I looked at Scott Armstrong, and he said, it's not me. And he had fear in his eyes. And I, I, you can smell fear and you can see it. And he was deadly afraid. And I asked for the microphone and I started talking and they turned the microphone off. Mm. And I said, okay, I get it. And like, that was one of the maddest times that was the maddest that I'd ever been at that point. And I'm just glad that they had, you know, got in the limo and drove off because the conversation that we have right now may not have happened because I'd have whooped all their ass. And I don't know if I could have controlled myself um, as mad as I was back then. Was it mad? Like you were angry because they got one over. I on felt you? disrespected. Mm. I felt trivialized out of all the work that I did. Like all of the sacrificing. And you people say, oh, you got paid a lot of money. You know what, man? I, I didn't get paid enough money to um, dummy down my pride and my respect as a man. There ain't no price for that. And when that happened, I felt like, okay, I'm expendable. I'm useless to them. They don't respect me. That's that's kind of feeling that it was. And, um, you know, I got a lot of counsel after that about how I felt as a man mm. because, like, uh, it was troubling. But being that I am a man, and that um, I was able to say my piece um, to Vince and everybody involved. Like, uh, just know who I am because that that won't ever happen again. If it does, like, 
us talking will not be an option. Mm-hmm. And I, I I quit. And you know what, man? I, I probably owe my wife more of an apology and thank you because she was the one that got me to come back to wrestling mm-hmm. and go and talk to them again because I, I, I didn't have any interest on uh, coming back. And then none of that, none of the things after 11 would have happened if that was the case. Did they like stick you with a bill? Like, Hey, you broke all this stuff, by the way. No, they ain't never mentioned none of that to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they didn't because part two of my killing spree would have started. What was the purpose behind this prank? Like, did Vince just think this was going to be funny? Vince just thought it was funny. He said that he thought it was funny and they wanted to get to the cars and get to the airport. And that was going to give them time to, to, to get out of there without no traffic. Not thinking, how's Mark going to feel after this? Yeah. I don't know what the hell they was thinking. I felt bad for Scott Armstrong. I felt bad for Tony Chimmel. Like you could hear, like he he doesn't know what to say. Thank you, everyone, for coming. <laughs> and you just look like every second that ticks by, you just got angrier and angrier. Look like yeah, it was bad. But look what spawned out of it. And that's that's what's so interesting about life is like you never know what you know is going to happen from something that occurs in your life. Yeah, I mean, you know, I never I never wanted to be betrayed as belligerent and out of control angry Mm. and i'd be damned if what made me me at the end was that guy (laughs) like can we go back to sexual chocolate can we go back to the nation can we go back to me being an olympian and the strongest person on earth the hand come on yeah but i had to be the Hall of Pain. And, and you know, that all happened by accident, too. I said, all these suckers are trying to spend their life trying to get into the Hall of Fame. I'm introduce every last one of them to the Hall of Pain. That's, that's just the shit that came to my brain. Have you talked to your son, Hand, lately? <laughs> He's 25. <laughs> was it, did they have any idea what the payoff of that angle was going to be? No, hell no. Vince is Vince is nuts. Uh, I asked him. I was like, "Why a hand?" And he said, with a diabolical laugh, "I was giving you a hand." <laughs> and I said, "Man, you crazy, man! Like you are nuts." So for weeks, May Young is pregnant, and they're like, "There's just no plan for what's going to happen here." Hell no! Oh wow. Vince is Vince is a mad scientist, man. He mixing stuff and stuff blowing up over here, and stuff is doing good over here. Like he just he was a mad scientist. Your co-host Bully Ray had so many nice things to say about May Young. Um, what's your best memory of working with? Oh May? man, I don't feel like crying today. <laughs> like I miss her. She was the funniest woman I ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be funny. She just was hilarious. You know, Is uh, Ron Simmons is like that on the men's side. But, like, uh, if there's for, for the equal 
of Ron Simmons and a female is is Mae Young. Man, mm-hmm. she was so funny and 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 tough too. Like, I mean, bona fide tough. You see, have you ever seen any of the pictures of her when she was uh, Miss Texas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, and and just her spirit was just so beautiful. She was funny, man. I can't even explain. I mean, like Carol Barnett type funny. Mm. He was funny. I, I miss her. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of busted open, I feel like people get to see a completely different side of you, especially, but also Bully, Tommy Dreamer. Like this has really opened you up, I think, to fans. So like, I feel like they can I feel like you're almost yeah. like their friend now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think people didn't know that I was analytical as much as I am. They didn't know that I was emotional as much as I am. Um, I have people come up, man, every time you cry, I cry. Uh, I think they realize why I had my success, too. They realize that I'm not a dummy. And you cannot be aloof and slow in pro wrestling. You cannot last for 27 years without knowing how to change and when the winds of change come. I'm able to recognize what I feel like is obsolete and erase that and start on something new. Mm. And if you're not aware, you're going to get left behind. Mm. I know you're a pretty humble guy, but just for a second, Mark, don't be humble. Let's look back at your entire career here. What's the thing that you're most proud of? And what's the thing that made you Mark Henry? The the fact that I worked like I didn't have talent. I was very talented. Like genetically and physically, I got God gave me gifts that other people didn't have. Um, I mean, it's not very often you find a guy six four, three hundred and seventy five pounds in their prime. I had a thirty two inch vertical. I ran a five one forty. I did plus fifty reps in the bench with two twenty five. Um, I had a ten foot standing broad jump. Now, if you go put my numbers into any NFL combine over the last 15 years, I would be the number one pick athletically in every draft pick, every draft that you've ever seen. That's That sounds grandiose and braggadocious, but it's not. It's a it's damn fact. I'm, I'm telling you a fact. Yeah. And... To be the strongest human that ever lived. There's there's things that I've done multiple times that people have never done, never thought that. I mean, you put it out your mind. It's not going to happen. When I went to the World's Strongest Man in 2002, the Arnold Classic, two people had lifted the Apollo's wheels, John Davis and Norbert Shemansky, and and me in training. I told my coach, 
Dr. Terry Todd, that I was going to lift it three times for everybody that had ever lifted it before. Terry was laughing. He's like, look, man, just, just lift it one time, man. We, we, we will, nobody else is maybe not going to lift it. He's like, we've been having people trying to lift this thing for 15 years and you're going to lift it three times. I said, watch me. I lifted it three times and it was easy. I could have did it four or five if I wasn't showing off. But that's the nature of me. I'm a show off. I put the hot dog on the mustard. That's what it is. That's why what makes a great performer. Yeah. And you're the type of person that if you say you're going to do something, I am certainly not going to question you. You're you're going to do it. If if you do, you're going to put gasoline on the fire. Mm. The people that doubt me, that's bring it okay yeah you're gonna you're gonna look like trash at the end of the day because i'm i'm gonna do what i say i'm gonna do yeah um i lifted the thomas inch formerly known as the unliftable dumbbell there have been a few people throughout history that could just lift it off the ground just clear a french fry underneath it and when I said that the first time I touched it, I lifted it to my hip. And I said in a year that I was going to lift it over my head and everybody laughed. Mm. I lifted it over my head. And still today, 28 years later, nobody's done it. Like, I'm different. Yeah. And I make a means of telling people I'm, I'm, I'm never going to lie on my abilities but i did enough and i competed against people that took steroids that cheated and i still was able to win and be in the top in every facet of strong of strength sports mm -hmm. you don't find somebody that's in the top two in powerlifting the top two in weightlifting or the top five in weightlifting and the top two in strongman. I was the best in the world at powerlifting. I was the best in the world at strongman. And I placed 10th in the Olympics and um, fourth in the junior world championships. So like uh, when you calculate everything in every sport all three sports ain't nobody close they don't build them like mark henry anymore <laughs> man so look as we wrap this up aew's had a ton of success with dynamite a ton of success with rampage what's in store here with collision you know what i'm, I'm excited about seeing how it's gonna go because um there's too much talent to not have another show. Um, there's been people sitting at home waiting on the opportunity, chomping at the bit, and the time has arrived. And I, I, I just can't wait to see uh, all the people that people haven't seen in a while, and they get to see get that pop of when the first time people see him. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about Glitch. That CM Punk reaction when he came back was huge. What do you think the reaction is going to be like when he makes his return to AEW? Uh, even more. Hmm. Even more because people can say whatever they want to say. Greatness is greatness. 
And um, I feel like um, I feel like Punk is is one of those guys that, regardless of whether he's on the right or wrong side of a topic or an issue, everybody gonna tune in and watch because he is that guy. Mm. Mark, it's always such a pleasure spending some time with you, and I end every conversation with gratitude. I don't think we did this before, so. I wake up every day. I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. I do it before I go to bed too. What are three things in your life, Mark, that you're grateful for right now? You know what, man? I'm grateful for life and, and, and health. I'm grateful for my family. Um, they, they, they make me human because they're, once upon a time, I felt like I wasn't. I felt like you know, without when I was single guy out there in the world and I had nobody to be responsible for or nobody to um nobody to love and love me. I I live life reckless. And now I don't have to do that. Mm. Um I'm grateful for the fans knowing who I am. And respecting and appreciating what I put my body through to entertain them. Mm -hmm. uh, people show up to sign, sign, get signed pictures of you and have a personal experience with you. I'm thankful for that mm. because um, there might be about 10 people on this planet that I'll, I'll go stand in the line to get autographed from. It's a short list. Mm. And for me to be one of those people for people. Yeah. Thank y'all. Who's on your list? Who would you stand in the line to get an autograph from? Oh, uh, well, I got one from Magic Johnson. I got one from Muhammad Ali. I got one from Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I was able to, um, I didn't get an autograph, but I took a picture with Prince, uh, before he died. Um, I got to meet, um, Desmond Tutu, um, Bill Clinton, um, George Bush. Like there's, there's the special iconic, iconic people that I've met. I mean, you know, people scoff at the fact that you would mention a wrestler. Um, if you name a wrestler over the last 20 years, 25 years, more than likely I've had a match with them or at the minimum met them and shook their hand. Like, come on, man. Like, life ain't bad for Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark, such a pleasure to be able to catch up with you. Congrats on everything, by the way. And uh, look forward to doing this again next time in person. We'll do this in person next time. Let's go, man. I'm with it. And 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 congratulations to you, man. 11 month old baby. I 11, tell you what. 11 days. 11 days? Yeah. 11 days old. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, brother. I, I can I, hear I can hear her making some noise over here. I'm like, oh, I, I'll be right there, honey. Oh, my God, man. You just don't know what's about to happen to your life. I, I don't. You're going to be so much better. Like they they bring out the best in you. They make you selfless. 
You think you, you've been selfless in your life. You thank God you've never been in a position, and I've never been in a position where I had to sacrifice mine for theirs. But brother, you would jump in front of a train mm. for those kids. You watch, watch how it works out. Yeah, you're going to make me cry here. Bro, it's, it's, hey, ain't nothing wrong with crying. I'm better when I cry. Mm. Mark, thank you so much. It's been too long. I'm glad we were able to catch up here. It's been a good time, man. It always is. There we go. The world's strongest interview with the world's strongest man. Mark Henry's always been so kind to me. And man, it was bringing me to tears there towards the end. Jeez, what a guy. And always so good to be able to spend some time with him. I would imagine you've either listened to Busted Open or you listen to them frequently, but Mark Henry on there is, is so good. And the great thing about that show is it allows us to see a completely different side of people like Mark Henry, Bully Ray, and of course, Tommy Dreamer. It's just so good hearing their insights. Yes, pun intended. <laughs> On, on that show all the time. So big thank you to Mark for joining me. Please take a screenshot, share this, and tag us so we can share it out as well. He's at the Mark Henry. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and this quote is from Robert Brolt. It's such a simple quote, but it means so much, and it goes such a far way to think like this. Enjoy the little things in life, for one day you may look back and realize that they were the big things. So go out and enjoy the little things. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one. Yeah. With LA Night, my friends. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.